Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest guest is Ashley Adams. Ashley uh, has been playing poker for over 40 years. He describes himself as a semi-professional player in that he doesn't derive his main income from poker, but he has written a number of books about poker, and he's uh, been attended... Um, uh, tournaments in various locations, Connecticut, Massachusetts, California, and Nevada. And um, he uh, has had some exposure to the Alexander Technique. And we're going to talk today about how the Alexander Technique uh, might be useful for poker players. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert. It's nice to be here. Ashley, if a fellow player asks you about this Alexander te- technique thing that you you've had some experience with what what is your answer if they ask me yeah, what it is what it is yeah oh okay I, I actually have to explain it many times because when people ask me what my wife does and I tell her tell them she's an Alexander teacher if they are in the 99% of the population that does not know what that is uh, they say well, what's that? And then I explain that the Alexander Technique is a method of unlearning bad habits of movement and posture and relearning a more easeful way of doing whatever it is that you do. And if they haven't already glazed over or walked out of the room or looked like they're bored, I might add that what you learn by learning the Alexander Technique is how to inhibit your habitual responses to things and act more purposefully or intentionally in a way that is not injurious uh, to yourself over the long term. Well, that's an an excellent uh, description of the technique. The one word I would like to just uh, elaborate on a little bit, that you use the word inhibit, and that is uh, a word that Alexander teachers use a lot, but I think we should make it clear that has nothing to do with Freud's use of the word inhibition, <laughs> which unfortunately for us uh, is the more commonly under, understood version of that word. Right. It's, it's about <laughs> stopping, not being inhibited Ex- by. Exactly. Right. So um, your, in your description suggests that the Alexander Technique is helpful in doing just about anything, and obviously, we're going to be talking about playing poker. Could you say say some uh, say a bit about how how the technique has helped you play poker? Well, I, I I have to honestly say that I don't know that the technique has helped me because I think that my level of play was already incorporating what I later learned was the Alexander technique into it. But I do think, let me just back up a second, Robert. Mm -hmm. I wrote an article on the Alexander technique and poker, and uh, the genesis of that article may shed some light on my general attitude about the Alexander technique and how it has to do with poker. I had read an article in some journal, I don't remember the name, and... uh, I, it was about somebody writing about the Alexander Technique and poker. And I forget what this guy wrote, but I said, my God, he, did, he totally missed it. He missed the boat in the article. And I said, and my wife uh, said, oh, really? 
well, why don't you do it then? And I said, all right, I will. And I wrote, it started out almost as a joke because the two fields seem intuitively to be, have nothing to do with each other. Playing poker, which is uh, gambling in most people's eyes and dark smoky rooms uh, with people wearing sunglasses and baseball caps. What could that possibly have to do with the rarefied air of people that are very attentive to their bodies and their posture and are musicians or athletes or highly skilled people doing whatever they is they do that my wife works with. So initially it started almost tongue in cheek, but then as I thought about it and as I started to write, I realized that the central ingredient of the Alexander technique, which is to not do what you do habitually, but with intentionality that is focused on freeing yourself up from bad habits. That's exactly what a good poker player does by making sure to not react to a situation at the poker table based on habit, but based on what actually makes sense in that particular poker moment. So for example, if I'm sitting at the poker table and I'm dealt a pair, and I'm going to just speak very generally, we can get more specific as we we talk further, but if I'm dealt a pair, if I, my habit is to be aggressive when I get a pair, I raise. So I have a pair and I raise. Well, that's bad poker play because one should never act at the poker table based on habit, one should act based on the situation as it presents yourself then. So, for example, if my pair was a pair of aces and my opponent in front of me was apt to call my raise, I'm sorry, the the person who initially bet was apt to call my raise, but everybody else would be likely to fold, and I wanted to create a situation that was heads up, just me against that one other player, then a raise would be called for. On the other hand, if I'm at a table with a lot of loose players who are going to call my raise and I have a low pair, let's say a pair of sevens, and somebody bet, and I'm looking around the table and I don't think I'm going to knock them out with my pair of sevens, and I'm thinking about the player who bet initially, and he's very likely to have a higher pair than my sevens, the worst thing in the world to do might be to raise, even though that might be my habit, which is to generally throw in a second bet after the first guy bet. And so if I am reacting habitually as an aggressive player who just habitually raises whenever he has a pair, I'd be making a mistake. If I, utilizing the philosophy, so to speak, of the Alexander technique of interrupting my habitual reaction and instead inserting intentionality into the moment and thinking about what I'm doing before I do it habitually, I would think, I would observe, I would note the nature of the other players and the nature of the player who bet. I would observe my particular cards in that situation, and I would probably fold the exact opposite of raising in that situation. So that's what I meant. Well, now I'm assuming that People who are really good poker players tend to do what you've just described. That Correct. is, they, they are in the very much in the moment. Uh, and and from what you've said, 
in your own case, you were probably pretty far along in that direction, even without the Alexander technique. Correct. But now let's take a poker player who p- perhaps isn't quite at that level of, I suppose we could call it uh, self-awareness uh, in terms of being aware of their habits and and being aware and being in the present enough to be able to change them uh, at a split second's notice. Do you believe that uh, taking some Alexander Technique lessons would be a way to help that person develop that skill? No. No. I think it's useful. But I think that the Alexander Technique could help them for other reasons, very important reasons, but I'll get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. The Alexander Technique is useful metaphorically for the poker player to share with them the importance and to have them understand maybe more clearly the importance of interrupting your bad habits. And in fact, I also have to take a step back. You said that a skilled player probably wouldn't, would already know the need to inter, yes, that's true. But the problem is that even very, very highly skilled poker players have a certain amount of habit to their game that they are better off jettisoning and they may not notice that what they're doing is habitual, but a conversation with an Alexander Technique or reading a book on the Alexander Technique or even just talking to me or to you about the importance of it might get them to focus more than they normally would on their habitual responses to situations. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I don't think that by having an Alexander lesson without the augmented uh, philosophical discussion of why the Alexander technique is important is going to improve a poker player's play. The Alexander lesson itself won't. However, poker players need Alexander work not because it's going to improve the quality of their play, although understanding the principles of the Alexander technique will help them become more thoughtful players, but they will need the Alexander work because poker players really have horrible habits of movement and posture at the poker table and end up with all sorts of neck and back and arm injuries caused by a lifetime of playing poker with bad habits of movement and posture that they could learn to intercept, so to speak, and replace with more easeful movement and posture. Mm-hmm. That's why it would be useful for poker players. In fact, I've often suggested to Debbie and to people that she knows in the field that if they wanted to really expand their the base of people that know about the Alexander technique, if they wanted more business, they should go down to Foxwoods or any large poker room for that matter, offer uh, a, f- a few free lessons to some of the people that run the poker room, get them as uh, as converts, and then work with the dealers and with the players on Alexander work because there would be a revolution. Dealers are horrible at holding their heads and their necks in certain ways because that's how they dealt cards when they were eight years old and they think that's the what you have to do in order to deal accurately. Poker players, the way they sit and approach the table and stand up and sit down and hold their cards and look at their cards, they're giving themselves uh, a lifetime of neck and back injuries that they could avoid if they learned a more easeful way of doing that physical 
part of being a good poker player. And more to the point of professional poker players, we have to learn to sit at the poker table for hours and hours and hours when the game gets good. You don't want to leave even for a moment and could benefit greatly by having Alexander lessons so that we could more easily sit for longer periods of time without interruption. Right. Well, and in general, for most people, sitting is the most challenging activity to do well as contrasted with standing or uh, lying down. So, and and it sounds like it sounds from your description as though it's not only that they're sitting for long periods of time, but they they have less ability to get up and move around at will because they need to be kind of present where the action is and i imagine um just the stress of uh of playing particularly when the stakes are high all of those things are are very likely to contribute to harmful posture i i agree that's very true but i am curious about this now i i am not a not a poker player myself i'm thousands of years ago at summer camp we used to play poker but um <laughs> I would have thought, perhaps naively, that uh, a process that could help you improve the way in which you do anything, uh, sitting, standing, moving your arms about, uh, uh, so on, could be a useful tool, not just um, sort of remedially for posture, but perhaps to give you more options in how you organize organize yourself in the eyes of other people and couldn't that be a factor in being a better player i'm pausing because i'm weighing your words uh because i don't want to respond habitually <laughs> yeah i mean I, i'm just assuming that some of the input you get is visual from looking yes. at other players and i yes. would guess and this is just this possibly a very naive thought that a player who had the ability to alter his or her posture, postural set at will, might have a little edge. Maybe. It's something I hadn't thought of before. I don't want to dismiss it out of hand because sometimes things that I've never heard of may be particularly insightful and useful at the poker table. I'd, I'd have to think about it. It's not, let me put it this way, Robert, it's not something that I had thought about and thought would be useful until you mentioned it. I'm not going to say that it wouldn't be useful, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not sure that it would be. Mm -hmm. Although philosophically, there's no reason why it wouldn't be. I mean, theoretically, I should say, there's no reason why it couldn't help. I just don't know as a practical matter whether the fact that you have a more easeful posture or a different way of moving about more easily at the table would actually aid you in the playing. of. I think there's much more to be gained by understanding the principles of the Alexander technique and applying them to poker than there would be by improving your physical flexibility, so to speak, at the table and using that improved flexibility uh, to add to your game. Uh, I think the, the greatest asset is going to be physically being able to be relaxed and uh, not stressed out physically at the table. I think that's going to be useful because it will allow you to play longer and, and also to think more freely. You are you know, as my wife points out to me, by learning how to be free of your habitual compression of your head into your neck or whatever else may weigh on you, 
you're probably able to think more freely and be more creative. I think that's probably true. I mean, in general, Alexander teachers like to say things like uh, having Alexander lessons enables you to uh, operate at your full potential. There you go. Okay. And, and yes. so this could be a, and you know, we might say that to a singer who's clamping down on, on his or her uh, neck a bit and kind of shutting shutting themselves down in singing. And um, I would think it would apply to, to an activity like poker as well. Well, it would apply to poker as much as it would apply to any other cerebral activity. Right. So if you're going to say that it would apply to a brain surgeon, uh, sure. If you're going to mm-hmm. say it would apply to right. a writer, a researcher, uh, a politician, then of course. I just don't know as a practical matter that it applies enough to be worthy of uh, encouraging people to practice the Alexander technique for just that reason. Right, right. But it's a very interesting thought. And I, again, I don't want to habitually uh, just say that it, it has no impact. Uh, it's a very interesting thought. Again, though, to me, the principal reasons would be, A, uh, to understand the theory so that one could apply that theory to your play of a poker hand. And second, because of the physical advantages of not injuring yourself by long hours of sitting and hovering over your, your hand of cards. Mm-hmm. Is, is there anything else that you would like to add that we haven't touched on? Uh, um, I would just say that uh, people should check out the article I've written, which is I, I'm not sure what sites. I know it's on a number of Alexander sites called The Alexander Technique and Poker uh, by Ashley Adams. And I'm always interested in having people's thoughts on what I've presented and uh, responding if they have any uh, observations they'd like to share. Okay. Well, uh, if, uh, if you, the listener, are uh, intrigued by what we've talked about, and if you live in the Boston area and you want to Give Ashley a call. We'll put a link. Do you have a website, Ashley? We, yeah, they so we'll they, put they a link cannot, to it. They can go to um, House of Cards Radio, House of Cards Radio dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a website. They can check out uh, my radio show, which is uh, on the internet and also broadcast all over the place. And they're welcome to send me an email at info at House of Cards Radio. Dot com And there are tons of links to uh, the magazines I write for, books I've written, and uh, they can, again, info at houseofcardsradio.com. Send me an email. I, am, uh, I don't get so many emails that I can't respond to all of them, so I will respond, at, if nothing else, with, uh, with some comments about what they've said if they want me to weigh in. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll put a link to, uh, to Ashley's website by the, by the interview. And if you are in the Boston area and you are motivated to take actual lessons in the Alexander Technique, Ashley's wife, uh, Debbie Adams, would be a, a, a good person to, to contact. And I'm sure that you could find her through Ashley. Uh, I don't think Debbie has a website at this point, does she? Or maybe I'm wrong about that. But she, Yeah, the website that Deb has is through her school that she teaches at. What's the website, dear? <laughs> well, we'll put a link Ease, to it. Easeofbeing.com. Okay, and we'll put a link to that uh, right. also. So All right. Today, uh, my guest has been Ashley Adams, a self-described semi-professional poker player, uh, obviously very knowledgeable about that field, 
author of many books um, and pretty knowledgeable about the whole poker field. So if um, Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Robert. It's been fun.